0: kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jae We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? WWE series, the Wild Wild Everywhere series. It's under our Big Picture and Global Perspective category. You can find the full list of the industries we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation. That is, j-a-e-f.foundation. This episode is a continuation of the last episode. It's all part of the same recording. We are still unpacking and exposing the flaws in our thinking and character that are the primary cause of our 21st century problems. We are contrasting this with the type of mindset we need to harbour if we are to successfully overcome our biggest challenges in sectors like housing, infrastructure, manufacturing, healthcare, international and global trade. We are also calling upon individuals to adopt the mindset that it's going to take collaboration between them and their governments tackle our 21st century challenges rather than the current divide between government and citizens happening all around the globe as i always like to say i don't have all the answers but i believe we can put our minds together and get to the bottom of things so open up your heart and mind and let's take a ride around this planet and some countries Product. We got the tools, we got the minds, we got the youth. We going wild, we on the loose. People is lying, we are the truth. Everything old should now become new. The leaves will be green, bearing the fruit. Love God and our neighbor as written in Luke. The army of God, and we are the truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. A place next to next to the gym that I go to, and I think they in in one of the buildings it was probably like a driving license issuing place ICBC, and the parking lot used to be, you know, I, I I've actually tried I've actually renewed my license from there before, and. The parking lot probably can't take, I don't know, tops, 50 cars. Next thing I know, the ICBC corporation, this place that issues out driver's licenses and um, driving road tests and whatnot, was shut down. I'm like, well, what's happening? At first, I thought that they were maybe just renovating. You know, they took this time during COVID to just renovate the place. And next thing I know, signs are coming up. in, 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 in what used to be their parking lot like, well, we're going to build an apartment building here. And of course the price is ridiculous and the apartments are not, they're not even big, but they're just trying to squeeze, you know, other 500 square foot apartments into parking lots. And then of course, you know, what happens is parking, then becomes a problem. You can't find parking. You know when places like that are, 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 are turned into like apartment buildings. Then of course they're gonna they put all these parking signs on the street. You can't park on the street if you if you're not a resident. Well, it's because the residents themselves don't have parking, and now if you're not a resident, you can't even park on the street. So if you're in that part of town, guess what? And you drive there it's just more headache. It's just chaos. (laughs) Oh, dear Lord, help us. So then of course, it turns into a parking ticket machine, you know, mining machine or minting machine where because, you know, people still need to go to that part of town. Now, they might, they might, you know, they might end up parking there, or now probably have to park two blocks down the street to get to another business that is in that area. It, it, I honestly do not know what is happening. Across, I don't know who the city planners are. I don't know who these regulators are, but man, they they just seem confused. It's almost like why would you go to school to be a city planner and you come out and that's the best that you can come up with? And you really feel, and, and, and that's, that's, that's the problem that we're dealing with. If you, if you bow down to it, we're trying every problem that we have right now, we are so myopic. We look at things, every, every scenario is isolated. We forget that we live in a connected world. If you are peaceful, if you live in a peaceful state and you don't really, and that's all you care about, guess what? The other state or the other province that you don't care about, all the bad things that are happening in that state, in that city, it's what the news is going to show you. And that also starts to affect you, because every time you turn on the news, you're just going to be seeing these crazy things that happen in other parts of the world. And that starts to also give you anxiety. It affects your peace. The only way you can survive is just go MIA from the news. I I personally, you know, my friends and, and, uh, you know, my family, they, they laugh at me because they know I don't watch the news. I don't. I stopped. How much bad news can you hear every day? There's just, there's not, there's there's so much, there's only so much you can take as a human being before you start feeling overwhelmed, depressed, anxious, and you're just like, this world is a mess. But you see, it goes back to, we like to think individual. We like to think of, we, we like to think, mutually exclusive. That's the problem. And so that attitude now spreads across just from individuals or just from things like social media into, you know, places where the stakes are higher. Now, if that person who's your city planner has never had a mindset of looking at things not from exclusivity or looking at things from, you know, like in in isolated, you know, scenarios, If, if, if they've never been exposed to thinking globally, to thinking outside the box, to thinking does this problem, is it linked to someone else? Is it going to affect someone else? They are just going to set up an apartment building because there's a piece of land And they can fit 500 square feet or maybe 600 square feet of apartments on that piece of land so that it makes money to someone. Or maybe they're going to issue a permit to a property developer because that's what happens. Property developer says, hey, we want to turn this line into this and this. The city gives them a permit. So the city issues that permit because, well, the city is going to make money off of it. But they never think of how it affects the ecosystem. It's so... It is so amusing to me how we think of ecosystem only when it comes to, you know, how does it affect the oceans? How does it affect the forests? How does this affect... But we never think of how also does it affect human beings? We don't think... When it comes to the ecosystem, we you don't think, okay, you're building up this apartment building, it's so squished, it's so small, what you're selling to people indirectly is formal, more fear of missing out that hey, if you live in this part of the city, you are gonna have access to I don't know, nightlife or whatever you wanna say, the restaurants in this area, the business in this area, but these people are squished in these apartments. These people don't realize that their livelihoods are going to be affected because. There is a very big difference living in a house and living in an apartment. There's a very big difference. And then, of course, you know, now, you know, demand and supply, which I also get into the prices of these small square footages are like through the roof. So now people maybe say, hey, I, I, I'm going to get into these apartments, but they, they can't really get by. So. Mental health kicks in, depression is piling up, and you, you, you know all of these things. And now, other people who well, you know, who access that part of town, you know, they can't even park on the street. They can So you are affecting everyone, but people don't. The people who are in the, the people who issue these permits, or who are doing these projects, they, I, I don't get it. Like people are not thinking, how does it affect everybody else? And it always comes down to, if, in my You might cover yourself today because it looks like it's the best move to make. You might take care of home court, but you still have to realize that you don't live on your own planet. You don't live on your own country. You don't live on your own city. These other people who are connected to you, and somehow their problems are going to find their way to you. You're going to see them on the news. You're going to run into them, and it affects you to a certain degree as well. So that's this mentality that it should just stop. That's, it's a character thing. It's a character thing where you're like, hey, self-control. Listen, we understand that we are the city. If we give you this apartment, we can, you know, make this amount of dollars from property tax, you name it, and everything that is going to be needed for this, you know, for this apartment building to set up here. And the tax that is, you know, from selling all the apartments and all of that and and all that, but you don't think in big picture, you don't think in long term. So then we end up with all the problems we have right now. Why aren't we turning idle pieces of land, you know? It, it, because, okay, you think about it. Before it was a city, it was probably a suburb. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of how it's, it, it always transitions. Before it was a city, it was probably a suburb. So, turn suburbs into cities. Create other suburbs. Just extend out. Just extend the boundaries of housing it is not hard it is not hard to say hey you know amenities things like uh, community centers where you know kids families can move into and and, and kids can go into these community centers uh, schools um, uh, amenities like you know restaurants, You have to understand that these restaurants are always looking to expand. For them, they've already figured out their motto. So for them duplicating and opening up another restaurant another part of town, it's not hard. You can incentivize them and say, hey, we want people, when we open up this neighborhood, people to move here. It is you, the person, you the city planner. It is you who goes to these companies and says, we're going to incentivize you a little bit here and there. Because we're trying to push the boundaries of the city, so open up another location in this part of the city. It is you who does that. That is your role. Then these companies move there. If you talk to people and say, "Why would it? Why? Why would cause you to live in a certain part of the city instead of the one that you're living in right now?" Let's say to move from let's say city to the suburb, right? It really comes down to this. This is what people tell you. How close, you know, amenities is a big one. Uh, How first, I mean, how long is it going to take me to get from where I'm living to my place of work? And safety. Amenities, time to and fro work, and then safety. That's it, and then if it's a family, is there a school in that area? Is there a good school in that area? It's just about five things. That's it. That's it. We, you don't need. <laughs> you don't need to be in politics for thirty years to pick up on this. You, you don't need to do, back and forth, Senate, Congress, Parliament, federal, provincial. Five years to understand this. That's it. Our demands as human beings is, you know, it's really it's not too many. If you get all these people who are in these apartments and say, "Hey, would you prefer to live in a house or apartment?" Nine out of ten will tell you, "Give me a house." But you know what? They they're being restricted because even though they would love to move to a house in a suburb or outside the city they're concerned with well how is their quality of life going to be affected by moving to that part of town so people are doing running the math so well i can go i can move out as far as there, you know i can have a house but deal with two hours of traffic every day or maybe three hours of traffic every day but why, why can't we give people everything that's quality of life. Why can we, why can we, you know, establish, you know, the you know, instead of focusing so much on apartments and squishing, turning every parking space into a, an apartment building, why don't we expand uh extend the boundaries of infrastructure, housing? Let's build houses, come on. Let's build houses. We have so much idle land. Let us build houses. If safety is the problem, how can you be the government? Honestly, how can you be the government? Have the police force, have the army, have all the intelligence that you need. And a certain part of of your country or of your province or of your state or of your city, and, and we're crying that it's crime that is stopping people from living there? No. No. I don't believe it. So you can see we have answers to all the things you're trying to solve. Housing is a big one. You don't understand like your childhood memories Growing up in a house versus growing up in an apartment. Oh, it's not a day. Having a backyard. We we are denying people the essentials of life. You know, not everyone's trying to be a billionaire. Not everyone's you know, not everyone's trying to be a billionaire, but there, there's a certain quality of life that I that I believe we have denied people because of lack of this character fabric. There's just a bare minimum, there's a quality of life that every citizen should be afforded. I don't, it doesn't matter the country. Because you know what, at the end of the day, when 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 you leave this planet, I don't, you know, whether you believe there's an afterlife or not, when you leave this planet. It doesn't matter how rich you are. The only thing that you really left with are your memories. My biggest concern is that we have robbed people of genuine memories that they can share with their family. We've always been very social beings. It's always, always been about family. You know, the standard of living in a city is so much higher than minimum wage. But people understand, hey, I gotta grind. I gotta go to work. I gotta do what I gotta do. People are doing what they gotta do. I like actually to give people the benefit of the doubt. I like to believe that the majority of the people on this planet are good-meaning people. The non-people, the if you if you, I believe that the the, the majority of the people on this planet are good-meaning people. The people who are ready to work. You know, they want to work for, for a living. They want to do exciting stuff. But they also want to spend time with their family. We've robbed them of this. We have. It's almost like, you know, cost of healthcare. care. Why, why wouldn't mental health go up? You're being squeezed in an apartment. You know, you're being squeezed in an apartment. You don't pay, you're not getting paid enough at work. To be able to sustain the standard of living in, in that city. You, 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 you have student debt hanging on your head. It's now impossible for you to even think about getting a house. Because what you can get qualified for on a mortgage is, is definitely way, way, you know, is is what what you what you can where you can be approved for. It's an apartment. So it's like if you really wanted to move, you're just going to move from one apartment to another. It's going to take you about five years, five to, you know, five, six, seven, eight years before you can afford to live in a house. Why wouldn't mental health go up? Why? Why not? We are robbing people of the most precious memories that mean everything about being a human being. So when I say something like, it is time for us to establish an objective minimum standard of living and pass it as universal law, we're not we're not saying that hey country in, in Africa let's say Uganda that your minimum standard of living should be the same as the United States now best case scenario would have would be to have everyone on this planet living on the same minimum standard of living meaning that meaning that it doesn't matter what country you go to if you decided you want to spend if the year started off and you said you wanted to spend i don't know uh, the first half of the year in 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 in, in Europe and then you spent you want to spend another 3 months after that down somewhere in you know in, in Africa let's say in, in Uganda you know Kenya Nigeria one of these countries and then you want to wrap up the year somewhere in Asia Ideally, we would want, no matter where you're living, for there to be a minimum standard of living such that you don't feel like there's a drop off. Now, if we were able to achieve that, we would be living, we would actually be living in the 21st century. I don't believe we're living in the 21st century. The clock says we are, but we're still living in the 20th century. You see, for me, that's that's when you realize you look across and say, yes, as a generation we have done our part you know history when when you look when you look when you look back at the historical you know at the history books yes individuals are you know you do remember them but when you look at it, it you know at the end of it is it's it's almost like generation what did this generation achieve you know where did they move the human standard of living what did they do And I think all the other generations have set us up to experience something that they never experienced, whereby you could live in the United States, you could live in Uganda, you could live in Canada, you could live in Italy, you could live in Russia, you could live in Japan, you could live in the Caribbean, you live in Jamaica, you could live all around the world and your standard of living would be the same. The only thing that would be different is the cultures. You know, of course we need to preserve that, but the standard of living would be the same. Now that would be something that would make this whole human experience, you know, we get something that we get to do once in a lifetime as, you know, it is once in a lifetime. It would make it worthwhile, but we have robbed people of all of this. It doesn't matter. There's mental health in your so in, in your so-called first world countries, it's taking people out. Suicide rates, drug addictions, anxieties, depression. It's taking people out. Likewise, people are still dealing with it as well. In your so-called underdeveloped countries. So, really, what does it benefit you to be to say you're living in a first world country if you're still dealing with the same problems that someone who is quote unquote living in a third world country is also dealing with When it comes down to it, pain, it's, you know, both of you are feeling the same pain. Maybe you're in, you're experiencing your pain a little bit more comfortably, but it's, it's all the same, but we're solving our problems. With this mindset, that is, we don't we don't think in big picture. Every everyone every man is on a, is on an island. So that's why we need to mandate things like minimum standard of living globally, make it the law of the land. Again, we we we're, we're we're spending time arguing about things that I don't really. we're wasting time on things that don't matter. We're spending time on the news, you know, putting up debates and and things like this. I was like, guys, how many years are we going to keep doing this? It hasn't worked. It hasn't. We're wasting time. You're robbing me of precious memories. And I'm also robbing you of precious memories because I represent this party, you represent that party. I'm in this country, you're in that country. So it's almost like, well, no one wins. Anyways, so minimum wage is deceiving. If minimum wage is below the minimum standard of living, what you need to earn to meet the minimum standard of living. If minimum wage is below that, I don't want to hear about no policies. If if, if, if the law of the land, if minimum wage is below the minimum earning that you need to meet the minimum standard of living in your city, your country, your state, I don't want to hear about it. I don't care which party is proposing it. For me, it just, logically, why are we wasting time? There's no need to go back and forth. There's no need to raise it $2 per 10 years. Are you kidding me? Let's get to it. Let's. And you have to understand that if you keep holding on to smaller problems, you never even get to solve the bigger problems. Because I think a lot of people are thinking that human, uh, human creativity has run out. You know, so you're thinking, well, what happens when we, when we say that minimum wage is now what is minimum standard of living? Well, there's so many problems that you solve with just one simple move like that. As I said, mental health, immigration, healthcare. You know, people can afford to eat better. They don't have to eat all this canned food and, and things that are just not good for them. People can afford to eat organic food. You can see you're affecting health care. You're affecting mental health. Anyways, so then we, we also say, okay, once we've established this, an objective minimum standard of living, what would be the next step? We say, well, let's do an inventory, phase out all the jobs that can't afford to pay their workforce uh, minimum standard of living. Hmm. So now you've solved one problem, but now it looks like you've created another problem because now you're saying, well, if you can't pay people the minimum wage you're paying them before, you know your only option is to either meet the minimum the new minimum to meet the minimum standard of living or you you can't employ people at what you used to pay them before so now it looks like there's another problem but i said no it just means that now we get to think bigger you know that's that's the beauty about human creativity we we have the capacity to solve these problems there's always a solution to every problem it's just that are we willing to let go to solve this problem, I understand, yes, there's there's potentially another problem that we create, but we can also solve it. But if we're not willing to solve problem number one, how are we ever gonna solve problem number 10, problem number 100? How are we ever gonna go down this whole checklist? You see, we're still stuck on on, on, on minimum wage and, and we don't wanna solve that. Well, how are we gonna ever solve the next problems? So now let's okay. Let's look at this. We're looking at a hypothetical, and we're saying okay. So now countries, you have to do an inventory. All countries, you know, you have to do an inventory of their jobs and phase out all the jobs that can't afford to pay their workforce minimum you know, standard of the living. But before you do that, I say, hmm, it would be the perfect time to introduce this concept of UBI, Universal Basic Income, which is speaking up steam and and. And I propose that the perfect induction of UBI would be as a government wage subsidy to all companies that can't pay their employees the required minimum standard of living. And, you know, the minimum standard of living, you know, government can come and say, okay, now, you see, this is when government helps. Government stops being another obstacle, you know, enemy of progress. And instead you are helping people. This is when government comes and says, okay, if you can't pay your employees, uh, minimum standard of living, this thing we call universal basic income. Now we're going to introduce it as a wage subsidy to all companies that can't pay their employees, the required minimum standard of living. So now that creates a new foundation. It creates a new standard for creating jobs because now we've eliminated all the jobs that don't meet the minimum standard of living or minimum you know, standard of earning criteria. And, of course, you – so now people are thinking at a higher level. The other thing about human creativity is that the, it comes out best when it's being challenged. There's a new standard. That you create by doing this. We'll take a break and pick up right from here. In the next episode, we'll continue talking about the mindset that we need to harbor if we are to successfully overcome the biggest challenges of the 21st century in sectors like housing, infrastructure, manufacturing, healthcare, international, and global trade. This was episode four of the WWE series, the Wild Wild Everywhere series. Your host for today was Calvin Cavander. Thanks for listening, and see you on the next episode. Switch your, switch your attitude. Go ahead, level up yourself. This that different latitude. Life too short, don't spoil yourself. Feel that feeling, enjoy yourself. Because we have everything we need.